Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. Glenn's going to do the reading for the gospel also. I'm just going to introduce it just a little bit. This is continues on how we've been in the gospel of Mark. Last week we heard Peter's rebuttal when Jesus said the Messiah must, be, must die and be raised three days later, right? Who do you say that I am? And it comes out, you are the Messiah. Today, we don't want to, not so much a continuation of that conversation, but a similar conversation, not just between Peter and Jesus, but now the disciples and Jesus. So it goes from a small group, uh, you know, a very private conversation to a larger conversation with the disciples struggling to understand the same thing that Peter was struggling to understand. Stand for the gospel. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, chapters not, chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus and the disciples went on and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betray- betrayed into human hands. And they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down called the twelve and said to them, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, Glenn. I'm going to start off with a question that I think will be a fairly unanimous answer uh, for all of you in this room. But if you maybe went to a different city, you might get a different answer. Who is the greatest quarterback of all time? Johnny Unitas. <laughs> Them be fighting words. Who is the greatest? Who would you say is the greatest quarterback of all time if you're from Boston? Tom Brady. Why would you say, what's the argument for Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time? Seven Super Bowls. Last one even with Tampa Bay. Sorry. Right? But he's the greatest because he wins. If you ask who is uh, the greatest 
NBA player of all time. I'm going to go to my hometown area, Chicago, right? The correct answer for who's the greatest NBA player is? Michael Jordan. I'm sure Celtics fans might say Bill Russell, right? Who probably does have more championships than Michael Jordan. But let's be honest, Jordan retired. He tried to play baseball for three years. So that decreased his total, right? But again, why is he the greatest? He's won the most titles. He defeated everybody else. Brady defeated everybody else. When we use that word great, it generally has some connotations that come along with it most of the time in society today, doesn't it? Who is the greatest businessman? Who is the greatest chef? Who is the greatest, right? If we want to define who is the greatest, at some level we will need. We will get there eventually. That's where we're going. Little ones are the greatest, but not because of their sweet sense of humor. Not so much because of their innocence. Not so much because of their cuteness. I gotta think about where I'm going with my sermon now because it totally changed direction. <laughs> I had other things I was gonna say first. But this is what I was talking about with the kids. That word great, what does it mean for us? What did it mean then? And how is Jesus changing the definition of what it means to be great? When Jesus places a little child in the front of him, Jesus is not saying, look at who is the cutest of them all. Who is the most innocent of them all? That's not why Jesus places the child there. The Jesus, Jesus places a child because he's saying, who is the most vulnerable of them all? Who is in the most danger, dangerous situation of them all? In this situation, Jesus is not saying, be like the child, but welcome the child. It's a very dangerous time to be a child in antiquity times. Statistics say up to 30% of children die in childbirth. If you survived, of those who survived, another 30% would die by six years old. By 16, 60% would have died. That's in times of Jesus. And the time, right? It's a very dangerous time. And kids did not have a, vocal, a voice, a say. They were little more than slaves. And that is not to say kids weren't loved. Or they weren't, you know, uh, uh, parents didn't find them to be important. But you didn't strive to be a child. Does that make sense? They were really vulnerable. And so Jesus is taking the most vulnerable among them, placing it in front of them, and saying, this is who you need to welcome. Think in your head, some of the most vulnerable in society. 
who might be vulnerable people in our society? Disabled? Older could be? Homeless? Immigrants? If we had Tom Brady and one of those vulnerable people you thought in your mind, who are you going up to? Where is the crowd? Where is the mob? Where is the attention? Does that make sense? Easily, we run up to Tom Brady, to Michael Jordan, to the greatest. Because it's like we want to attach ourselves to those people. Because if we know those people, what does that say about us? Right? Oh, that's who, if I can be associated with them, then maybe I'm closer to that status, right? Why do we want to avoid many times that other crowd? If I'm associated with them, then what does that say about me? That doesn't happen in today's world, does it? Of course it does. That's what Jesus is warning us against or calling us to a different lifestyle, to turn it upside down, to think about what does it mean to be great? The first shall be last, the last shall be first. Who is the servant of all? That is what our goal as Christians should be. That is what we are striving for. That is what the disciples are having a hard time getting their head around. Because they're having the same thoughts that Peter's. Remember last week we had the conversation with Jesus and Peter. He comes out, he is the Messiah. And Jesus says the Messiah must die. And Peter pulls him aside and says, Jesus, maybe you don't know where the story, this story goes. Because if you're here to rescue us from Rome, the one thing you can't do is die, right? But maybe Jesus has something bigger going on. The interesting thing is now Jesus talks about dying, rising. And now the disciples, the irony is, ooh, who's going to replace him? Who's going to be the greatest now? Who's going to be the leader? Because if Jesus isn't going to be the one to lead us, then one of us must do it. You wonder, do they really understand what's going on? Because if you follow Christ, this is what we heard two weeks ago, you must pick up your cross and... Where does the cross lead? Do they fully understand? Would they be arguing over it? But yet, following Christ turns that definition of greatness upside down. I think maybe we know that and we don't like it, so we veer away from it. We like to keep that de definition of greatness as it is. But yet we are called to have our world turned upside down, to see things differently, to have our ways and our points of views challenged. How many people like to have their point of view challenged? Hence, we've talked about this before. It's why we watch the news we like to watch, because it tells us what we already believe, right? So it isn't even so much about what news do you watch. It's about how does our faith influence 
what we understand that information to be that we take in. Does that make sense? If we understand a new definition of what it means to be great, what does it mean when we hear other people use that word or other people striving for certain things or whatever it might be? How are we taking all of that information in? What does it mean to in our lives? How do we set our priorities? How do we treat other people? Who are those people that we treat? Who are those people that we welcome? That was really a lot of the reason why when we went through becoming an RIC congregation, we say all are welcome. Most churches say all are welcome. Does everybody feel welcome in every church that might say all are welcome? Right? So you have to designate. When we say all are welcome, we really mean all are welcome. Because if not, ooh, there's those questions that are raised. Am I? I heard someone say, churches shouldn't be saying all are welcome. They should say all are safe. There's a difference there, isn't it? Some might say all are welcome, but after a bit, you better change a little bit. After a bit, you better be this person. Not that we all don't need to change. Don't hear me say that. But all are safe here. Are the vulnerable people, the little children, safe? Are they welcome? That's our goal as a church. That's the culture we want to create. Whether it's in these walls, whether we go out there, all whom we encounter. Are they welcome? Are they safe with us? That's what we're striving for. Christ makes us welcome. Christ makes us safe. We then do that for others. May you understand you are welcome. May you understand you are safe. So others may feel that as well. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.